I'm recording this episode on June 19th, 2023, and it is Juneteenth. I regret not planning to release an episode today about Juneteenth, and it hadn't come to mind. In fact, the show in the last few years has not very been very centered around specific dates. If you go back to the early days of This Might Get Uncomfortable, when I had my co-host Jason, we used to do a lot of thematic episodes, and we would plan ahead and you know, cover different topics. Sometimes we just look up random holidays. I haven't done that in a while. I think we, we moved through a lot of them. I don't know if we ever talked about Juneteenth though. And Juneteenth is now a federal holiday, also referred to as Freedom Day, Emancipation Day, Jubilee Day. And uh, I had a wonderful conversation with members of the Beyond Measure community where I'm recording live today before every podcast episode recording on Mondays, at least historically it's been on Mondays, I'm switching up the schedule a little bit, but regardless of the day, when I do have these live recordings, we have conversations together and today's conversation centered around Juneteenth. We took a little quiz together that I found on CNN.com and I spent some time today digging into what Juneteenth means because I had a lot of ignorance around it. And I learned through the Beyond Measure chat that I'm not the only one. There, There's um, a lot of ignorance and, and whether that's just contained within our group or not, I don't know. But um, I wonder how many people are aware, or paying attention, or making an effort to learn about newer holidays, although Juneteenth is really not a new thing. It's just new in the sense that two years ago in 2021, President Joe Biden signed it as a federal holiday. But previous to that, it, it I believe was 1865 on June 19th when this became an official day to really recognize slavery and freedom. And I felt like it was important to reflect upon and something that I want to acknowledge around my ignorance and the privilege of being ignorant came up for me a lot. And I think it's only been the last few years that I even felt aware of privilege. I think at some point in my life, it became clear that having white skin um, gave me different treatment or perhaps even access than others that don't have white skin. And, and that's always rubbed me the wrong way, but I didn't really understand the, ex the extent to which that was true until the last few years. And I find that I'm continuously learning how much of a privilege I have. There's privilege also with what state I grew up in and how much money my parents made at their jobs and the education that they had, the education that they gave me, the town where I was raised and how other people were educated and what we were educated on, how we treated one another, the environment, the communities there. I mean, there, there's so much that has had a ripple effect on my life, my life. And I think that's true of many people 
or all of us, I suppose, that that our specific circumstances, who our parents and our ancestors are or were, and what does that mean for us in the life that we have led? What access does that grant us? What barriers, what challenges? And it's humbling for me because, or I don't even know if humbling is quite the right word. It's an awakening for sure. The last few weeks I've talked about some mental health challenges. I mean, that's the general theme of this might get uncomfortable, but I've disclosed how I'm exploring my experience of the Monday blues. Today is Monday. I don't really feel the blues. I mentioned last week how it's hard to predict. There's not always a pattern. But on, upon reflecting on Juneteenth, I started to wonder if there's a privilege within the mental health side of, of my experience. And it feels so complex. Sometimes it's it's a relative thing. Sometimes there's a self-conscious feeling that I get of, wow, I, I have the blues, but I don't even know why. And I feel like relatively, I've got a lot of stability in my life, security. Why do I feel the blues? Is it a privilege to feel something like that? Or maybe even that feeling of guilt or something. I don't know. I, I'm still not quite sure what, what words to use, but I'll fumble through them. Anyways, I, I feel like it, it, it becomes very co complex. You know, there's, there's part of me that doesn't want to complain given my privilege or doesn't want to be seen as complaining. And I, I recognize that through the years of running, this might get uncomfortable. In the, the very early days of the show, I noticed I naturally, with my co-host Jason, who's also white presenting, Jason actually uh, is part Puerto Rican, but he didn't even know this about himself. I think he learned this through a DNA test. And I believe we might've mentioned that back in the day. But anyways, the two of us, white presenting, um, had a tendency of not having a lot of diversity in the guests on this show. And I, I think it was eye-opening for me uh, around George Floyd's death and the uprising that happened from that, the, the movement and the Black Lives Matter making just being something I, I no longer could even have the privilege of, of denying or choose. I, I chose to no longer allow my privilege to deny that. And through that recognized, and there's a, oh good, it's over. There's a car honking outside. It opened my eyes, like I said at the beginning, to a lot of things that I had the privilege of just not paying attention to. I had the privilege of of not even trying to create diversity. And I felt a bit embarrassed or guilty, like I've said, those, those emotions coming up of, oof, maybe I've been part of the problem. And through the course of the show, looking back over my history in the health and wellness world, just to see how much privilege is there 
how much of the space that I've been in, in Los Angeles even, which is a very diverse city as a whole, and yet I was surrounded by mostly white or white presenting people talking about wellness, spending money, going to, to fancy grocery stores, you know, being sponsored by companies that had a lot of money, taking money from them. I mean, the financial side of it also started to rub me the wrong way. And I've noticed this a lot in the wellness space, but also the entrepreneurship space, in the podcasting space, in the social media space. A lot of that is the reason I stepped away from social media. It wasn't just personal reasons, as I've mentioned a lot on the show, where I felt like social media was negatively impacting my mental health. But there's a lot of privilege and I think some exclusivity within the social media space. It thrives on that. And a lot of online digital platforms are built around excluding people. They're built around elitism. Is that a word? Being elite. And the concept of beyond measure evolved out of my questioning of all of that, evolved out of noticing how much was being measured. And measurement to me is very connected to judgment, to looking at somebody and making a decision about who they are and what they should have access to based on your preconceived notions, essentially. And I have experienced that despite all of my privilege and that started to feel really weird too. It's like, we live in a time where it's just like there's so many factors and obstacles and ways at which we treat other people based on our biases, based on our belief systems. And I'm not okay with it. I'm not okay with what I've experienced and I'm not okay with what I witness other people experiencing. And I feel like I'm just scratching the surface. I've just seen the tip of the iceberg. The more I look into this, the more I see below the surface and the more horrifying it becomes. One thing that horrified me today was seeing the number 3.9 million, which is reflective of how many people were enslaved before 1865. I hope hopefully I'm getting the date right. It's based on my, my memory. Um, 3.9 million people. I mean, it's horrifying. And yet all these years later, we still have things built into our systems. The systematic oppression is still happening today in 2023. And I don't want to be part of it, but there are ways in which I'm still participating with maybe not even fully realizing it. And that really freaks me out. It, it's, it's hard to even fully address, but the way that I try to address it is, is this, is one staying committed to education. And that in itself is a privilege. I mean, I, I sadly, it really breaks my heart how many people don't even get the privilege of going to school, 
of getting access to certain resources, of learning how to read. Reading is a privilege, you know, like that I grew up with just assuming that everybody knew how to do it. Um, but it costs money to be educated. It costs money to go to most schools or higher education as it's called, costs money in most cases, or it's a lot of work to get scholarships. Um, books can cost money. There are ways to get things for free, but sometimes getting things for free or low cost is a lot of work. I've experienced that with the medical system, just how much work it takes to even get answers about yourself. I had the privilege of not even recognizing that until recently when I started in my mission of trying to figure out what's going on with my body. It's really hard. And I live in a state that has pretty, or a city, I should say, that has pretty amazing medical resources, but it's hard and it's expensive. And there just seems to be more and more reveals of all these obstacles and all these struggles. And today I was also reading something unrelated to Juneteenth, but but parallel in a lot of ways of there's a lot of different viewpoints on what it means to be a good person, to be a successful person. And there's a lot of ignorance in the things that other people say about something like success. The more I've dug into history, the more I've recognized how some of the origins of something like wellness and well-being and self-care are rooted in privilege or maybe all i mean i haven't done a full deep dive I've, I've been slowly trying to educate myself on that but things like leisure can be rooted in privilege and not accessible to all because of all these different judgments it's it's very interconnected I've looked at health and wellness as a very holistic thing, but if the system as a whole is corrupt, then sometimes it feels like no matter what angle you try to approach something at, it's may or may not be available to you based on who is running something and who they believe should have access to something, if that makes sense. And because I've had access to so much in my life, I wasn't even aware of who was being excluded. And that is really disturbing to have had the privilege to not notice. This has come up for me as I've learned more about disability. I didn't realize how some physical places weren't accept accessible to others because of something as, as basic as a ramp that allows someone in a wheelchair or a different assistive, a physical assistive device, device, is that the right term? Um, in other words, something as simple as how a store is designed and is that accessible to all different types of people? Turns out a lot of places aren't. The more I've learned about neurodivergence, I recognize certain places are not set up for somebody who is neurodivergent if they have something like auditory um, sensory challenges. You know, there there are so many places and environments in general in which 
it's not thoughtful about who is being included and who is being excluded. And the more I think about this, the more I can raise my awareness and just notice more and ask that question, is this inclusive? But inclusivity requires not just awareness, but a lot of education, a lot of information, because you have to know who is being excluded and why. Is it a systemic thing? Is it a bias? Is it something historical? Is it that there was an effort put into it? Is it that it hasn't been a priority for some reason? Is there a funding issue there? Is it just pure ignorance? And I have recognized how much ignorance I've had and the ways in which I inadvertently excluded people because I didn't know better. I don't believe that that's an excuse. It's just for me, a fact, I did not know better and I had the privilege to not know better. And now that I'm trying to know better and trying to educate myself, I see how complex all of this is. I'm reading this book right now called Saving Time by Jenny O'Dell. I'll put it in the podcast description. If you are interested, that'll be right there in your podcast player. It's a phenomenal book, but it's it's an intense book. Jenny also wrote this. Let me double check that I'm getting her name right. Yes. Saving Time, Discovering a Life Beyond the Clock by Jenny O'Dell. She wrote another book that I started reading, did not finish, called How to Do Nothing. Not to be confused with Do Nothing by Celeste Headley, who came on the show. Celeste does amazing work. I, If you go back, this is much earlier on. I'll put a link to, to the episode Celeste came on the show, and I was fangirling. It. <laughs> it's one of those episodes I feel like I completely botched because I was so in awe of her that I felt like I just wasn't in a good flow with her as a guest and also had tech issues. But anyways, um, so Celeste wrote a book called how to or Celeste. Her book is called do nothing. And Jenny O'Dell wrote the book, how to do nothing. Very similar titles, both worth a read. Jenny's work is very in depth. It's rich and it's complex. There's a lot there. I read her or listen to even her audiobooks very slowly because there's just so much to take in. And as I've been slowly making my way through this book, Saving Time, I feel in alignment with a lot of things that she's saying. I also feel horrified at the things I'm learning from that book. One concept that I believe she points out, or at least I started to think more about through reading her book, is how slowing down and resting, leisure time, recreational time, these things that I viewed as accessible to all are not necessarily accessible to all. Not everybody has the privilege to take time off from work. Not everybody is able to rest well. And there's so many factors that I didn't even realize because I've had so much privilege around that. I was looking at it very differently. As I've talked about on recent episodes, when I'm having 
what I call a challenging mental health day, such as the Monday blues, I get very frustrated. And I think like, I want to be more productive. I don't want to be so slow. Why do I feel so tired? You know, to me, it's, it, I viewed it from this angle of why, why, why do I have to have a slow day? And through reading that book, I started to think it's such a privilege to have a slow day. And I imagine there's a lot of people who desperately want or even need to have a slow day to get more rest, but they literally can't for whatever reason, whether that's because they have to work and they have to do a certain amount of hours to pay the bills or they have a family and they have responsibilities there. Even the fact that I've chosen not to have children so far in my life feels like a privilege. And that just really blows my mind. I think choice in general has started to feel like a privilege and that is wildly disturbing to me. And it's also very disturbing that I'm, this far into my life and just now really that's sinking in <laughs> i've been in spaces where i've shared my ignorance with others and noticed through their reaction that they were a bit surprised that i didn't know some of these things or i didn't view some of these things um and that's mostly been in settings in which i've been with people who would be considered marginalized through their race, their skin color, their, their sexuality, their gender, their, you know, whatever, all these different categories, their, their, um, body type, size, disability. I mean, there's just so, there's so much there. And when I've been essentially in a space of people who come from a different background than me or live their lives very differently or embody something very differently than, than what I do. One of the biggest things I've noticed is that they seem surprised that I didn't know about their struggles or it's almost maybe the opposite where they aren't surprised that I didn't know about their struggles. They're frustrated that other people have the privilege of not even of the privilege of ignorance, I suppose. And I think that has been, really been revealed to me in that I didn't know that much about Juneteenth. That feels like the privilege of ignorance. That I didn't even feel the need to know about it. Not that I don't want to know. It's just I didn't know and I didn't need to know. In fact, most of the things I'm learning, I don't technically need to know because they're about other people. They're not about me. I, I could say I could go my whole life and, and act ignorant, choose to be ignorant because I have the privilege of not needing to be mindful of other people's experiences unless they directly impact me. And I think that's the way a lot of systems are set up. A little bit of every man for him or herself or their self, but also a need to know basis. Hey, well, if this doesn't impact me, why do I need to know it? And were my teachers teaching from that mindset? 
earlier in Beyond Measure, we were talking about education and some, or most maybe, educational systems are set up, they're run by the government. There's certain things that teachers are allowed to teach, must teach, discouraged from teaching. There's various systems. I mean, this happens within religion as well. I forget what I was watching recently. Maybe it was a, a documentary on the specific church scandal and just seeing how many people were excluded or even just subtly. It wasn't like overt exclusion. It was a subtle thing. It's like you're you're kind of welcome here, but at the same time, we don't agree with who you are or what you represent. So we're going to make it really challenging for you to be part of our community. And there's just a lot of systems set up that way. And I maybe our, our whole mentality, I mean, it, it takes effort to break out of that privilege and ignorance. And I also feel like it's incredibly important we recognize when things are being capitalized on. And I didn't even really understand capitalism that much. I still have a long way to go with that. But it, through this podcast, a lot has been revealed to me. And there are times that inclusion feels incredibly performative. There are times I'm sure I've been performative with my inclusion. And looking back, think, thinking, hmm, <laughs> was that real? Did I really care? Or did I, was, I, was I trying to care? Was I trying to show that I cared? And that's a, a huge reason being away from social media has felt so helpful in my life is that I'm not posting something to signal virtue signaling, right? I'm not trying to say, hey, this is who I am and I'm going to prove it to you based on the picture that I took. I started to look through things differently when I wasn't trying to participate in an obvious way. I'm trying to simultaneously do a lot of internal work, but also do the external things that aren't necessarily beneficial to me. Right. Like don't don't do something just because it serves me. But do something because. I'm trying to serve a greater good, but, you know, it's like, when I was studying psychology in high school, I remember learning about like altruism. Is there, Can you truly ever be altruistic, like doing something for other people and not yourself? I'm, I'm not sure. I think we always have some sort of game. Maybe that's just part of the human experience. Maybe we're, we're, I hesitate to use the word designed, but, but that's part of our biology. I don't know. Is, or is it sociology? Is it anthropology? Like why, why do we act certain ways? Why are there some things that are really easy to do for others versus some things are very hard to do for others? We have to break out of a lot of historical context too, in which human beings tend to, you know, for survival reasons, like be very community focused in the small community, the, the, forget what the term is, but there's a certain number in which, um, I think anthropologists or sociologists believe us to max out, uh, maybe it's Dunbar. I think that might be the Dunbar number. Whereas we can really only have a maximum of 150 connections, 
because historically that says how big our community would be in literal people. But now we've gotten so far away from those numbers and we're focused on getting as high a number as possible, whereas 150 people no longer feels like a lot. In the social media world, if you only had 150 followers, that would seem like nothing because social media has convinced us that we need to have hundreds of thousands, millions of followers. But yet as human beings, we haven't even evolved to be able to handle that many connections. And so it becomes superficial, it becomes performative, it becomes something that we're just trying to signal but doesn't have real depth. And that's where things like success get so muddled and are all these different viewpoints of what success means they are so tied to metrics and it's just more and more and more. But the more, in my mind, more doesn't necessarily mean better. In fact, more can often mean worse. We lose sight of things when there's too many people. And it's hard to take action even for ourselves. We become overwhelmed. I mean, this is all, this is big. This is, this is not an easy thing to even talk about. But these are the things I think about all the time and, and the way my mind gets stretched by new information. And I suppose the takeaway here is I'm, I, I'm, I'm not trying to signal that I am a, an evolved human being. I'm, I'm, I'm truly just sharing where I'm, where I'm at today and noticing my ignorance, noticing my privilege, noticing how much I would like to grow, noticing how overwhelming these issues feel and this information feels. There's so much to learn. I absolutely love to read. And some days I just don't even feel like I have the capacity to take in inform more information. And yet I simultaneously feel like on this panicked rush to learn as much as possible because I don't want to participate in the systematic oppression anymore. I want to take action. And, and maybe it starts by learning and admitting ignorance and then choosing not to participate in systems that are centered in cruelty and exclusion and then comes the action or maybe it all happens around the same time i mean i've been trying to figure this out for years like where do you start <sighs> maybe you start at all all of the places at once and do your very best along the way so i that That's where I'm at. And I don't ever want to be someone that tries to make this seem like some formula, like just do this, this or that, and you'll become a good person. <laughs> the words wellness and self-care have shifted as their, their meanings. Mental health shifts a lot. It's all very relative. It's complex. And... I'm grateful for the feeling of being humbled and even sometimes feeling that guilt, like those feel like an important emotions for me. Guilt, not from a self-centered standpoint, because I think guilt can be maybe shame, guilt. Those are really tough, complex emotions, but they, 
they give me an opportunity to go to dig further and say, why am I feeling these emotions and, and what does this mean beyond me and what can I do? And they're, they're kind of like little motivators to say, I want to do more. I want to do better. I don't want to be ignorant. And I'll just start, start there. So I don't really have a way to tie this episode into a bow just to share there, just to bring acknowledgement and awareness to Juneteenth and maybe next year I can plan to do an episode on the, on Juneteenth. But I think as with any holiday, it shouldn't just stop with the day, even though this episode will be released on the podcast a week after Juneteenth, we can take action any day of the year. We don't need to just, Again, it's, I think sometimes it's very performative to only take action on a holiday, to only honor something on the holiday. It, it should be an ongoing thing, more, more work. And the holidays give us an opportunity to notice something, to raise our awareness, to educate ourselves. But it doesn't stop there. So maybe the timing all worked out well. <laughs> and even if it didn't, thank you for listening. Thanks for being on this, this journey. I recorded this in Beyond Measure. As, as I hinted today, it is a private community centered around exploring all the different elements of being human without focus on the external, without focus on the metrics. Beyond Measure is rooted in acceptance and Maybe it's rooted in the ignorance, recognizing we all have something to learn from one another and we can share our experiences and talk openly and honestly as much as possible. We have conversations at least once a week. The podcast episodes are usually a formula of a formula. I don't want to use it. The structure structures generally that we gather for 30 minutes or so and have a chat and some people do text based, some people share audio. Some people turn their video cameras on. It's just a, a way for people all around the world. We have, we have a few different time zones going right now with our with the regular attendees and members and contributors. That's a word I feel a little bit better on. Um, and I record the podcast episodes weekly and beyond measure. Monthly, we have a virtual kind of activity hangout. We're, we're doing one centered around a pizza party coming up uh, on June 25th, which I think is after this episode comes out. No, maybe it's before. Gosh, the time is flying by. I think I think that happened the, the weekend before this episode comes out. Um, so we do things just to, to be together, to learn about each other, to hold space for one another. And if you would like to come join and, and talk about these things and explore sides of yourself and and learn alongside me, it's there for you. The link is in the description. And I would love to have you part of it, even if you just want to dip your toe in and see if it feels like a fit. And with that said, I will be back on Friday with a guest episode. I've been bringing in the Beyond Measure community to guest on some episodes, too. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for listening. Wishing you all the very best for examining ignorance in your life, privilege, whether it's yours or somebody else's. Just an opportunity to pause and think about it. 
What does it mean to you? Where does it show up in your life? And if you ever want to share your experience with me, I'd love to hear it either within Beyond Measure or uh, just privately. You can always send me an email. I would I would love to learn about your experience too. So please, please be in touch. And with that said, I'm wishing you all the very best for your human journey between now and whenever we may connect again. Bye for now. <laughs>